You're listening to And hey everyone, welcome back to the Good Pop Culture Club. This is episode 78 for Thursday, October the 21st, 2021. It's 10 2021. Wait, oh, 10, wait. 21, 21. Yeah, 10, 21, 21. Whoa, whoa. 10, 21, 2021. 20, the only 10, 21, 21 in our lifetime. So, enjoy this. My name is Marvin Yue, and joining me as always to talk about all the good pop that gets us through our days, we have self-proclaimed professional Asian-American Just Jew. What, what up, up? Hello, hello. You just came back from another trip. Yes, I had a conference in D.C. and then extended to go look at monuments. Um, <laughs> they're really weird. I'm not going to lie. I've not <laughs> done that since I've been in the eighth grade. And it's very cool in the eighth grade. It's a little creepy as an adult trying to be actively anti-racist. Mm-hmm. Um, it's weird. It's weird, and you're just like, damn. And as a design freak and like architecture freak, I was like, fuck, I recognize like what this is doing, and it's working. But I also <laughs> like don't like I know too much, you know. Like I just know too much. Like fuck Jefferson, right? That <laughs> slave owning rapist. Um, mm-hmm. but like beautiful monument, beautiful. Have you been to DC before? Beautiful. I have. I have. Okay been with the eighth grade civics trip which i now look back upon in rage because um was fed some lies on that trip marvin (laughs) fed some lies by the tour guide at the Mm. arlington cemetery oh yeah so shit like that that i realize now as an adult like super fucked up um and you know i love museums i'm a museum bitch so like the smithsonian system is really cool and but then you know also as a adult trying to be anti-racist it's also really you know their institutions are also complicit in a lot of things i was listening to a podcast on my way to dc about how the natural history museum of the smithsonian network is basically like has like housing like thousands of native american remains that they have not repatriated and i'm like oh that's depressing and i'm just like mm. being an adult is just constant it's existential hard crises. i just want to look at the washington monument and be like oh yeah spider-man climbed on that and not think about oh yeah, yeah this is part of the myth making of american exceptionalism that upholds white <laughs> supremacy but you know here we are yeah you want to look at that portrait of george washington and say hey that was the picture in my history book yes there's also you know they have that really weird statue of the one george where he's like washington a king as a zeus yeah as zeus. and he's like bare chested and he's like a little daddy i'm like this it's is very weird. fashy like very very fashy that statue yeah so i'm just like okay like i'm a little too tired to unpack this right now but i did get a lot of stamps cancellation national park cancellations in my uh in my passport, though, my national park passport. So that was oh, fun. Oh, fun. Nice. Yeah. I've been collecting that since I was like a little How kid. How many so. do you have? Oh, mine is, um, I've had my book for over 21 years. And I have a lot. This trip I got, I've not counted. This trip, I think I added like 12 additional stamps. Holy crap. A lot of parks yeah. in D.C. It's all monuments and parks. <laughs> and they have like multiple stamps at one station. So you can kind of like just boom, 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 boom. It's great. Also joining us back from her vacation, <laughs> professional vacation in her, quotes. Han Win. Yeah, 
I have to say it was a comedy of errors vacation. Um, not only did I get sick. Oh, no. <laughs> no. Uh, my, my cats were sick. And then no. if, if you were watching my Instagram stories, uh, you might have seen that a tree fell in the wind across my driveway. So blocking my car. in. <laughs> so no. if I had planned anything at all, like it was they were all going to be like, yeah. Uh, wow. So if 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 I had initially just been like, oh, I'm going to take this whole week to veg out and watch things, I would have been happier than if I didn't make plans. So I, I ended up having to cancel some things. I did have to take an Uber one day because of the uh, tree uh, situation because I had a screening and that cost me like 40 bucks. So I was like, Holy I guess I'm not wow. like, yeah, so I guess I'm not. T- and it was just to Burbank. <laughs> It's not that far. So I was like, I guess I'm not using my car for anything else. Um, Man, my condolences to you and your vacation. Are you feeling better now? Yeah, it was very weird. I mean, it's just one of those things, classic things, I think, when you know how you get sick usually during the winter holidays because you're finally letting go and your body's like, ah. So I think that's what had happened. I would been so super stressed and everything mm-hmm. and burned out. And I knew I was burned out and I was feeling it. But then my body was like, no, you thought you felt it. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. So I have a friend yeah. who gets sick every time she takes time off because her body's like, oh, now that you're relaxed and not running on adrenaline and stress, like... We're going to feel some things now. <laughs> yeah, it took two days. So I actually did get a meal out with one friend, you know, and then I went to the screening of Dune. Oh. Uh, well, we'll get to that. That's my what's popping. <laughs> but anyway, so I went to the screening. So at least I had sort of two days out um, and then everything else hit. So Did anybody here go to the internal screening last night? I feel like all of my friends were there except for me. I, um, I had to work, so <laughs> my coworkers went while I was like sweeping the cinder ashes. <laughs> I I will see it next week at another screening. Man, word on the street is it's pretty good, so we'll see. I'm I'm excited. Um, <laughs> yeah, from what I hear, many of the screenings are at IMAXs because of the visual element of it. Nice. Which I I have to say I respect. Um, and we, if we know anything about Chloe Zhao, she, uh, can definitely do a landscape. So he loves them landscapes, <laughs> mm-hmm. man. What am I doing? I'm getting my booster shot tomorrow. So, oh Congrats. yeah, that's this is next a, on my list. Yeah. Pfizer. Yeah. You know how in the, um, the vaccine wars, Pfizer at first was like the premium and then now it's like, <laughs> no, sorry. It's, it's, uh, it's, you actually got a lemon. It breaks down after six months. So you got to, yeah. Got to get Thank a you, <laughs> middle class Moderna. Thank you, Dolly Parton. Okay. Yeah. Should always thinking Dolly. Um, <laughs> it was actually super easy to schedule an appointment for the booster. I was surprised. Don't you, but, but I, I'll look into it. It's like, <laughs> I, I don't know if I can yet. Anyway. Well, I have underlying conditions. So, right, right, I right. I qualify. So, um, but lucky yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> lucky, I guess. But yeah, what else is going on? I mean, Southern California is now in drought, official drought conditions. So that's cool, cool, cool. But it yeah. rained yesterday. Um, yeah. LA's embroiled another corruption scandal, which is cool too. Uh, uh, Dodgers are in the playoffs. Oh, yeah. That's Baseball's fun. happening. Baseball's yeah. <laughs> happening. Yes. We are obviously sports people here. 
Um, uh, <laughs> I was just like, are we? Okay. Uh, right? Football is a thing. Football's happening okay. too, yeah. I football's, was being, football I was being fastidious. I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, sports is happening. Sports are happening. I, I used to be more into sports. And then, and then I dropped off. I don't know why. I, like, what did you follow? All of the main ones? Football, baseball. I, I didn't follow anything except my brothers were into certain things like tennis. So I watched tennis. Oh. And then because and then I was from Houston, you know, the Rockets, they they did the whole three-peat crap. So yeah. for a while I watched it. Um, not that I ever cared. And then, of course, all Olympics all the time. That's true. Yeah. Olympics is definitely where. That's pretty much it. Like It's, it's like the casual sports fandom, I guess. Exactly. <laughs> you don't need to know anything because most people don't know about the Olympic like things. Um, and I will watch whenever World Cup comes around. I I, I actually am a soccer appreciator. So soccer is fun. I like watching soccer. I, watch, I love watching soccer live. Yeah. Also, um, just going to an expat bar and watching <laughs> it like at some ungodly hour is really fun. Yeah. Um, especially if you can like eat bangers and stuff <laughs> i just like the like drama it's like real life soap opera like dudes mm-hmm. get so sad yeah i'm just like <laughs> i mean you yeah you definitely go for the drama of the uh people cheering because like most of the time i don't care about any of the teams and it's just like i'll randomly pick oh uh, you Poland. don't have like a premier league team that you root for no i'm i've always been a very bad person about uh loyalties so <laughs> i don't have any team loyalties to anything including Whoever's- my own school I am Whoever's pro uh, Tottenham Hotspurs because <laughs> I love the chicken. I picked when I was in England. I was I gonna say, is it because it's a chicken? Is it I picked <laughs> my favorite mascot, and I was like, I like that chicken. You know what? That's how I used to pick my wine. Is depending on what animal was on the Aren't label. They, so like, it, long, it makes one sense. of those like long suffering teams that like always get screwed. Yeah, I like those. Um, and then <laughs> I met this dude while, while I was staying in a hostel. We like oh, were hanging yeah. out, and he was like trying to sell me on. This one team, because he was from Liverpool, but he wasn't a Liverpool FC fan. He was an Everton Everton's fan. the other Liverpool team, yeah. And so they're the underdog. And he his whole pitch was that, look, there is the mascot is a toffee lady. She <gasps> goes around and she throws toffee. And I was like, you sold me. So yeah. Tottenham Hotspurs, um, which and is Everton. also a Shakespeare reference. And you yes. know, I'm a classy uh, white bougie like that. Yeah. And then the toffee ladies. Uh, Everton, yes, the to- I call them the toffee ladies. Amazing. <laughs> okay, maybe I'll. Yeah, just... Those are my barometers for foot, like football team. Yeah, football. football. Maybe, maybe I'll like just copy you. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I'm really. Yeah, I mean, yeah, those are good colors. It's blue and green, so you know. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Works for me. Yeah. All right. Well, we're not here to talk about the football. Um, although we. Should we talk about Ted Lasso at some point? I don't know if we need to. Someone I'm... needs to get me an Apple account because mine expired <laughs> and I ain't paying for that. We're here to talk about, I guess, the opposite of sports, which is the Lifetime movie, <laughs> List of a Lifetime, <laughs> um, starring Kelly Hu and Sylvia Kwan. But before we get to that, let's find out what pop culture has been getting us through the week. Um, let's start with um, Han. You already alluded to yours, but what's popping? Uh, so I went through all of my things and I was like, what did I watch? And I was like, holiday movies? But no, yes, I did go to a screening of Dune. Um, and I, well, I can't really spoil it for certain people, but, um, my general impressions, kind of like what, um, Jess was saying, it's like, 
it's really beautiful but you, you as a person who's trying to be like anti-racist you kind of have like some issues so uh <laughs> oh no well be racist well no i mean you know the premise of dune perhaps yes um so there are going to be some problematic setups where basically it is a white messiah white savior um and it's still a really good story and uh the the problem is okay so when it first came to um i watched dune a lot in college i had a friend who was obsessed with it we watched it several times the it david lynch the, version right the david lynch yeah. version which is bizarro but also i have a kind of an affection for it it is uh highly quotable it's visually weird and stunning and interesting um but it's also mainly all white people so the the storyline of these white people taking over these other desert white people you know <laughs> meant yes. meant it was just basically like whitewashing po- people who are probably based on arab people middle eastern people right i mean the story itself is about space colonization right and right, space right, extraction right. of resources so, but, but you were able to kind of like sort of mm, gloss over it when it came to david lynch's version because it was just such a bizarre story anyway um like literally sting is like in his underwear in one point and he's fighting a duel like oh, Sting's in the mo- that movie. The old one. The, the old one. one, yeah. The old one has a great cast. Like, I love Kyle MacLachlan. Like, there's so many reasons t- for me to enjoy it, um, even though it's bizarre as hell. And this is um, young Kyle MacLachlan. Young and hot Kyle MacLachlan. Um, before Twin Peaks, you know, all that stuff. Like, not before Twin Peaks, but like before. I, it's just like, I loved him in Twin Peaks. And it's kind of like when I was like, oh, Dune. So... <laughs> My anyway. frame of reference for Kyle MacLachlan is is not even Sex in the City. It's Showgirls. Showgirls is great. And he very, he's such a nice guy. This is the other thing. He is super nice guy. He will answer your Showgirls question. But also because uh, he's worked with David Lynch so many times. And David Lynch, as you know, is a little bit odd. He calls him <laughs> Kale instead of Kyle. So one Halloween, he dressed up as Kale. Like literally the frilly green veg. Um, that is very cute. So he's a, just a super nice guy. And so I like to support him anyway. But that's the D- David Lynch version. This is the Denis uh, Villeneuve version. Um, and what I liked about it was, um, okay, some people are complaining because it is the first half of an origin story. So spoiler alert, uh, it kind of cl- cliffhangs. Oh. <laughs> um, but I still loved how they, like, every beat of the way kind of like drew out to the Timothy Chalamet is the one who plays the main guy who is Paul Atreides. And, um, and he, uh, there is definitely colonization. There's, I mean, all that, but here's the difference. Um, as much as I love him, all the people being colonized are definitely people of color (laughs) this time. So (laughs) it's in some ways it's true. And also those being colonized definitely are rising up. But they're still being led by this pale white guy who I love Timothy Chalamet, but like the the optics are still there. So yeah, I mean um, that's a that's been an issue with the source material for right. a long time. So it's no, kind of yeah. like, is the source material something they need to change, or do they just not need to do the story? But I really, really enjoyed it. I think they did a great job. So those are the things I have an issue with. Like some people said, it took too long, and it was just I, I found the pacing excellent. Um, every little thing but I also like world building um, I think they did a really good job with the world building here um, I think Marvin you and I kind of would agree about this as far as like how 
how people world build is very specific yeah. as, and as and it needs to be done right and i thought it was done right it sounds um, like a film that i would also enjoy but also have yeah. serious reservations for i'm not sure it's a just you film though probably no, no, not no, no. no. Oh, i have zero urge to watch dune <laughs> except there's oscar isaac in it <laughs> and jason momoa um so yeah, that's the but- thing it's it's full of hot people, that, and, and of course uh, Zendaya. Um, so, but she doesn't get that much. I'm Does Timothy Chalamet count as a hot person? I, I don't him. get it <laughs> at oh, all. Timothy oh. Chalamet falls into my like small category of twinks that I'm into. <laughs> I do love him. I love his hair, you know. Um, but I, so I. I have a lot of issues, like just with me liking certain things and not liking other things. Anyway, um, but I thought it was super well done. It made me excited for whenever the next film was coming. Um, but here's the thing: it's also going to be on HBO Max, so everyone can watch it anyway. You don't have to go to a theater, which is also yeah. part of the issue that they have because they wanted it theater only. Um, so yeah, I anyway. feel like part of me wants to just shell out and get the IMAX ticket. Because I feel like this mm. film needs to be watched in the IMAX. It, On the other hand, really HBO Max is right here. So. I got to tell you, seeing it on a big screen, very mm. good. Like, he, he does really good things with uh, landscapes yeah. also. I am excited. And I, I think I already know the issues that are going to irk me. But yeah. I am also like, I'm interested to see what they do with it. Like, what a modern version of Dune looks like. I, so. I went in very sort of wary and honestly i was sitting there i was like i think i'm enjoying this and then i felt a little guilty (laughs) (laughs) but you know i think it's also just good storytelling and great acting and all that anyway i mean if anything it's just it's it's space so it's it's fine i guess i don't know yeah and honestly in some ways maybe it's better that they made them people of color to basically make a point and but of course depending on like if they keep on following it we'll see what happens yeah yeah anyway, uh, so that yeah no. yeah excited uh Jess what's popping with you so uh the opposite of dune i have been watching <laughs> old reruns of Rick Steves Europe a travel show on PBS that has been running for like decades now with my man Richard James Stevens Jr. Steve Jr. I think that's his real name. I might have made that up. Um, but you know, for the uninitiated, Rick Steves is America's national treasure. He is like the Mr. Rogers of traveling to Europe. His he literally only wears like khaki pants. Or slash cargo shorts. He like ties sweaters around his shoulders. He always has like a backpack and like he has like he always stands a certain way with like his hands on his strap while he narrates like this church was built in 1837 by a group of monks. And then there'll be like a dad joke. And I was like, I love you, Rick Steves. And um, I am doing that because I myself am prepping for a European adventure. Uh, for Christmas, I'm trying to figure out where to go. I think I've decided and figure out like paperwork and logistics and COVID safety and all that. But essentially, I'm going to go and live a Christmas movie fantasy because oh I plan to hit all these little small winter, like or not small towns, mm-hmm. but all these towns that are famous for their Christmas markets oh. and live my best princess switch 
princess prince, yes. Christmas prince life. I'm going with my boyfriend. I'm going to make oh. him watch every single yes. Yes. Netflix Hallmark movie. We're go- making him watch Sound of Music because um, we're making a stop in Salzburg. Oh. And um, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be 100% Hallmark. I'm very excited. <laughs> Christmas markets are a thing that I recently discovered. I feel, yeah, I've heard about them definitely and I've seen them in the movies, but I also just have never been to one and I'm not sure if I want to. It's a German tradition, right? It's German. I, it's also like, um, it's, it's, it's a, it seems to be just like a European, like, because they have major ones in France, but like Bavarian, mm. I'm guessing like, you know, Catholic, Protestant kind of tradition yeah it's, it's a very big deal you know christmas all the at least culturally like all these very like catholic religious christian countries you know christmas is a fucking big deal like they have not just christmas but advent <laughs> as in advent calendar as in there are things you're supposed to do the 30 like the 25 days mm-hmm. leading up to christmas it's not just an abc family programming thing guys <laughs> as like i think it's like <laughs> as a child of immigrants who grew up in communist china then moved to southern california and who are culturally a little the tiniest bit buddhist but by all means like secular (laughs) slash atheist like Mm -hmm. christmas means something very different i think to us Mm -hmm. and i was like i have seen the films i want to experience the snow i want to be cold i want to um wear knit hats mm-hmm. i want to eat gingerbread even though i hate gingerbread mm-hmm. uh, i want to drink mold wine even though i can't drink alcohol <laughs> i just want it um and rick steves has really inspired this so you know <laughs> my love of travel specifically he does the europe stuff really well um i'm very excited so i've just been watching episodes because i have not traveled internationally like that in so long i used to do crazy i used to do at least one big international trip per year very fortunate to be able to do so and I'm just like, yes, yeah. I, I'm itching. I'm itching. <laughs> I feel you. But I, I should make my own fake country and like pretend I'm, I should shoot a whole freaking movie on my like Insta story there. Yeah. I guess what's my thing? Like, am I a magazine editor? Am I a PR exec? Am I a <laughs> chef? Um, why am I in Europe? <laughs> what am I trying to I, I think we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. We're, we can save that topic for her. It's very relevant to our, our future topic this week. Okay. <laughs> All right. What's popping with me? Um, <laughs> so this past weekend um, marked the return of Succession, which is a show that I've been on record to be a big mm-hmm. fan of, but I have not watched the first episode yet because I spent the weekend playing Tetris. <laughs> Mm, yes yes i i told i empathize i totally understand so um tetris effect just released on the switch and this is a game that i've been looking forward to playing for a very long time um but just haven't had the equipment to do so because it's pretty much like best way to describe this game is cool tetris it's tetris that's been made cool for the modern age it's a 2018 game that topped the list of a lot of outlets as like one of the best games of the year, if not the best game of the year. It's produced by Tetsuya Mizuguchi, um, who also produced Res and Luminous. And for people who don't know, those are all games that are very like they play with sound and like kind of synesthesia. Like they're kind of like interactive visualizers, but it's like mixing gameplay interactivity with sound and graphics. And so he mixes that sensibility with Tetris to create Tetris Effect. And so um, I was super excited to start playing. And then like all of a sudden, like half my day was gone. (laughs) I understand. Yeah. 
I read. Do you yeah. do you listen? Are you do you dream of Tetris? Like, are you hearing the music in your head? Because I that happens to me when I play it too much. I have saved the soundtrack to my Spotify and have been listening to it in the car. So definitely. So um, this is not your granddaddy's Tetris. This is like a new version. So you know, classic Tetris. You know, Tetraminos are falling. That's mm-hmm. what they call the blocks. And then you try to create lines to clear them, and it keeps going until you lose. Uh, in Tetris Effect, it goes in stages where each stage you're, depending on your difficulty, you're trying to clear anywhere between 30 to like 42 lines to clear the stage. And as the um, stage goes, they have unique tracks that play behind the stage um, with unique visualizations that like are interactive. So like every, every move you make, every rotation you do adds to the soundscape. And then the speed of the blocks falling goes with the tempo, which <laughs> let me tell you, like, for the harder stages, I have never feared a bass drop as much in my life because I know <laughs> once that bass drops, it's going to start getting fast. Um, but yeah, I've been having a lot of fun. It's super cool. Um, it's a really great way just to like spend um, a certain amount of time. If you set it easy, it's actually you know, it's not as um, stressful. But I, one thing that I have noticed while playing this game is like I am not a master Tetris player. Like I'm okay. I can clear a lot of like I can clear most stages, but if I make a mistake, I crumble. Like the moment I place <laughs> the wrong good, block. Not good under pressure. <laughs> All right. Put that on your resume. I'm actually I'm making it sound worse than it is. It's it's fine. It's just sometimes I get a little panicky. But I will say I did endure a moment of like just sincere pain. So the final level of the the journey of Tetris Effect is, is this level that is a 90 line level oh. where the last 30 lines is at, at max speed and pain is losing at 89 lines. <sighs> See, I don't think this is, this is a, a game for me. After that <laughs> happened, I just had to like go to sleep. <laughs> I was like, I can't. I wouldn't have been able quit. to. Yeah, rage quit. <laughs> um, but yeah, Tetris Effect if you want to play some cool Tetris um, while you wait for that next Animal Crossing update, it's a great way. It's a great game to have on your Switch to have just play whenever. Um, it's also available on. Um, it's also available on most gaming platforms, so on Steam, on Steam, PlayStation, Xbox. So um, you know, I've been waiting two years to play this game, and now that I have it, I just I'm, I'm going to go back and try to attempt that 90 line level again after you finish recording because I will conquer it by next week. <laughs> Mark my words. I believe in you. But yeah, that's what's popping for Good Pop this week. Uh, when we come back, we're talking about the new Asian-American-helmed Lifetime movie, List of a Lifetime. Stick around. Hey, I'm Phil Yu, and you may know me from a blog called Angry Asian Man. And I'm Jeff Yang, author, journalist, and celebrity dad. We host a podcast called They Call Us Bruce, an unfiltered conversation about what's happening in Asian America. Each week or so, we host a discussion about some of the most vital and interesting topics in our pop culture and our community, bringing in guests who are shaping and informing this thing called Asian America from Hollywood to D.C. and beyond. Uh, we've got media, entertainment, food, family, politics, representation, the good, the bad, the WTF of it all. So check us out wherever you get your podcasts or at theycallsbruce.com. Peace. Peace. And welcome back to the Good Pop Culture Club. For today's episode, we're talking about Lifetime movies. 
specifically List of a Lifetime, a new movie starring Kelly Hu and Sylvia Kwan, um, and I guess Shannon Doherty, um, directed by <laughs> Roxy Shi, that premiered on Lifetime, I think like a week ago, two weeks ago, this past month, right? Yes. And this month is also Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Mm, yeah. Timely. And uh, so, so you can watch it on demand. That's how most <laughs> of us watched it. Yeah. I will say this was my first ever Lifetime movie. What? Like, Ever about, like not you haven't even watched like the Christmas, Christmas ones? ones? No, yeah. I don't watch any. I, I don't think I've ever even switched to the Lifetime channel for anything. Oh my god, it's it's not just for women. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's just okay. So I mean, it is. I mean, <laughs> <Never> we, <mind. laughs> Lifetime movies is a very specific. It's like a subgenre of film now, right? Like, like Lifetime, Hallmark. I guess Netflix is getting into the game of like the specific style of made for TV movie. I guess. <laughs> Yeah, there are a few genres that Lifetime specializes in. One is the woman in danger in peril. Yes. Um, usually she wants her daughter back. You know, maybe there's yes. other things going very, on. Very, very much the precursor to the boom of true crime podcast and content. Like yeah. Lifetime was doing their first. I will give them that. <laughs> yeah. And and to to a certain extent, that's why I have to give them credit for like when they also made the um, R. Kelly docuseries. Um, so they've been really supporting women in many different ways uh, with their programming. They also do uh, a lot of uh, biographies uh, of varying levels of uh, <laughs> accuracy and acting wise. I think we've talked about the Harry and Meghan movies. Yes. <laughs> yes. I, I've seen the uh, new edition biography. There's been so many of them um, and they're generally like enjoyable as long as you don't take them seriously. Um and then there are the Christmas movies that are basically like Hallmark movies, but they are more diverse. Yeah. So enlighten me. And we'll talk about the film in a second. But I do want to, what is the main difference between a Hallmark movie and a Lifetime movie? Um, besides the being more diverse. And so they're, they're definitely maybe because they're sort of looser that way, they're funnier. Um, they don't necessarily have sex, but they are somewhat sexier uh, in that they may kiss like earlier. Uh, they're not as while they most of them are heartwarming in some way they don't usually have to deal with going back to your hometown they um mm. they don't think the big city is necessarily evil <laughs> um things like that so i you know a lot of people prefer them uh if especially if they don't see themselves represented in uh hallmark movies hmm. yeah i think lifetime scope is just a little bit bigger hallmark really mm. is going to be playing in those holiday or because think about like hallmark right like what does greeting hallmark, cards the yeah. show sell like <laughs> yeah. um it's that vibe so i do think like lifetime movies tend yeah have kind of have a little bit broader scope and they've done a, i think they've done a lot of that true crime like like inspiring woman that's um, overcoming obstacle mm -hmm. story a little yeah. bit more yeah so watching on lifetime's website i like it gives you options like do you want to do a 30 second interactive ad or a three minute <laughs> like traditional ad and i was like i don't want to interact with your ads so i'm subject to the traditional one and just zone out for three minutes but um they did i did notice a lot of like there was like one about a murder wife. Uh, a lot yeah. of previews about upcoming Lifetime movies. Like one about a murder wife and one about Oh my like, God. I think we get different commercials. Really? I got one about a Christmas tree. I got a bunch uh, of Christmas tree ones. I got one about a murder wife and I got one about like window, fixing at, your window. Like IVF switched at birth courtroom yeah. drama. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I saw uh, and and they often have um, a lot of cheerleader moms. 
Um, <laughs> so they, 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 those subgenres, you know, are further subdivided into sub sub genres. Um, but yes, the, the birth sort of like switching and, or like, you know, missing a baby, those, that's one. <laughs> uh, then there are the, the true crime where like one of the other people, maybe cheerleaders are involved. There's death, <laughs> there's competition. Um, uh, but yeah, it, there, it's it's funny, but it's also kind of just like, eh, you, you know, it works. Yeah, it just reminds me of like, like not trashy novels that people read just for fun, but like, you know, those like kind of like junk food kind of types yeah. of media, right? It, it's like a beach read, you know, like a lot of people yes, like beach to read. read. That's, what it, yeah. that's what I was invoking there. Yeah, they're not cozies mysteries, but they're the like slight thrillers that you know that you're going to get some sort of satisfaction by the end. Yeah, and I guess um you know list of a lifetime isn't it's not a rom com. It's a it's a story about mothers and daughters and um you know cancer. You get the cancer storyline right off the bat, and yeah, it's a story about a tread upon woman who discovers she has breast cancer and she has a and this also discovers that it's caused by a mutation in her genes that might be hereditary so she seeks out the daughter that she gave up for adoption to let her know and then they reconnect and then you know from there it goes on like your traditional cancer mom story <laughs> well traditional that is but... <laughs> your cancer moms yes the, the multitude of, of cancer mom actually stepmom was a cancer mom story and i did very much enjoy that movie um but yes it yeah. was <laughs> but there's a you know there's it, it's it is different that they're casting an asian american woman and, you know, therefore, her daughter must be Asian-American as yeah. well. Uh, I think Sylvia and Kelly did a fantastic job. Sylvia, who people might recognize from Grey's Anatomy, um, she's so charming. Mm-hmm. I, I recognized so her from the Viet Gone production by East West Players. Oh, was that her? Yeah. Oh, she's fantastic. I didn't even realize. Wow. Really got lost in the character. Um, <laughs> yeah. It, she's, it's, it's funny because I don't want to be like, yes. I disclaim the same thing as the disclaimer on the top. Like we're very much talking about a lifetime movie, but I was very pleasantly surprised about how like pretty grounded this was for mm-hmm. a lifetime movie about cancer and adoption and uh, bad men <laughs> and bad. Oh, okay. so many bad the men. Bad men were like terrible, but I'm not going to lie. A lot of people are really, a lot of women are in relationships like that. That was very satisfying. This is why Lifetime works because they show bad men for being bad. um, And then you know that eventually they will get free of them. They're going to get their just desserts, Mm -hmm. right? And then her, she gets to tell off her shitty boss, right? Mm -hmm. And we're talking about things like, um, I mean, it is very through a female lens. Like you cannot deny it. It was written by a woman, directed by a woman, starring a bunch of women. Um, You know, issues like, my he took my idea and stole credit for my work like that is a very like woman layered issue um like i have a shitty partner who i'm not really that into but you know he's good enough whatever like oh very women like we we are you know the friendships is really beautiful her and um meg her friend played by patricia velasquez which i only just realized she is the Anaksuma from the fucking Mummy series, guys. Oh. So we're having a Scorpion King <laughs> Mummy crossover in this Lifetime movie. I'm like, holy shit, this is brilliant casting. Who did this? Wow. 
it makes me want to say that's a Roxy deep cut, but I'm not sure if that is a Roxy deep cut. I, I will give credit to Roxy. That's a fantastic <laughs> take. Like, wow, that was really for the millennials out there. <laughs> Han, as a um, noted connoisseur of these types of movies, what did you think of List of a Lifetime? Um, I have to say, it was such a very difficult film to have made, been made. Um, I generally do have troubles like watching things about cancer and stuff like that but to for half of it to be a very sad sort of like woman who gets even worse news and then on this other hand like they're the daughter her storyline about having her her stuff like um stolen like her her idea stolen i was just like wait i feel like i'm in two different movies so there were times where i was like okay i get it like it's a little bit melodramatic for me, but it also was very true. So I think it was just one of those things where it's like, if you can tackle this movie, I give you all the credit for trying to yeah. weave together these two very, because the, uh, the, the daughter storyline is also dealing with adoption. So it's kind of like a lot of issues piled on each other. Um, some of it, but I think once they got together, then I found it um, pretty compelling because then I was just like, what like all the feelings that they weren't even talking about like were there present and and you know we had to i had to figure out like well how would i feel um so yeah i I found it interesting um it's definitely i think yeah uh it, it maybe not my favorite uh genre um which is very specific yeah, but yes. apparently um but apparently marvin says it's a genre <laughs> but, yes i mean let's let's be <laughs> let's be real like there this movie takes very tackles very serious issues um i think it's a little unfair to ask a lifetime movie to get too deep on some things but at the same time you know i gotta point out that it was not a very nuanced take on adoption let alone cross-racial adoption yeah we kind of gloss over that we get the standard like adoption is a great option you know like i think i think the conversation needs to move past that especially considering the light of a you know, the conversation our community has been having in the last few months. Um, but yeah, like is, is the, is a lifetime movie, the place to unpack uh, what the trauma of adoption, maybe not. Um, but it's like, it's, you can't be, it's very hard to be campy or like laugh in mm-hmm. a cancer adoption movie. Yeah. Right? Like it's yeah. not a Christmas movie where you're like, Oh, the constitution is in the acorn ornament. <laughs> yes. Marvin, that actually happened. By the way, I did not make that Christmas Prince. The Constitution was in it. It was in a. Was in a. No, you're lying. Constitutional amendment was in an acorn ornament. I am a hundred percent not lying. That is the acorn. The acorn is like the size of your head. No, but it is very much an acorn ornament ornament. that they hung on the tree every year. I I refuse to believe that, but I will watch the Christmas Prince to confirm with my own eyes. Yes, yes, (laughs) it's probably the best of them. Um, I will say, like from what I heard about lifetime movies melodrama is par for the course right you're coming yes. here expecting these heightened emotions and like these obvious hooks um, into your your emotional psyche and i will say it did what it needed to do and you know maybe some tears were shed maybe they totally got me towards the the climax of this film and you know it was an enjoyable watch again it's 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 a cancer adoption story so i can't say like it was fun but i right. did find myself you know enjoying the film 
it's 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 also like I think their main point, of course, you know, if you watch sort of the after show also is that it affects so many women and literally. So while I'm watching this, I was like, yeah, my friend who is a fellow journalist, she died of um, breast cancer. She's Asian also. Um, and then my other friend, she had to have a double mastectomy, including um, chemotherapy. Mm. She's about my age also. So I was like, and those are the ones I was even knew up front. And then in the after show, I saw that my friend is one of the featured women. Uh, she's a publicist for a lifetime. And I was like, I did not know that. Um, apparently I haven't been on social media enough. Uh-huh. And so I was just like, and so now she's like a really good spokesperson and it's just, she's awesome. Like the, like, I don't know. I was, so I was just like, okay, if, if just randomly, you know, like there's three people in my life who have that, I'm sure there's way more that I don't know about. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I, I was I, like, it did its job there. I feel like lifetime should also really make, like the spinoff sequel to this, which is about how about the woman who really led the research on the BRCA gene, mm. you know, the, you know, that gene that determines whether, whether or not you have that mutation that will like up your chances for breast cancer at a young age and more severe case, right? Which is what Kelly Koo's character has. That in itself is a pretty amazing story. There's a really good podcast episode about it. Go listen to it. It's on the moth. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's such a, it's it's like especially given the fact that like we're putting this story on like asian american women right i Mm -hmm. think we are there are some stats about how we are like less likely to seek medical treatment yes uh we are uh, it's more likely to affect immigrant women definitely and that's probably based on a lot of other obstacles to healthcare access not just you know, genetics or physical things. But it is like, I think we've all had people who have experienced can't like yourself on like we I know people who have also, you know, had mastectomies and had cancer. And it is just so women focused. Like mm-hmm. you we can rag on lifetime all we want, but they're the they're the ones who have been doing this for so long. And I honestly think some of that criticism of like the like like calling it low class or, you know, like passing that judgment is like classist and sexist um so you know if you enjoy a lifetime movie and it makes you feel things and it teaches you something i mean i for it lifetime is on my like frequent rotation like sometimes i watch it you know ironically yes but other times i'm just like nope this is purely just for pleasure um and then every now and then you get something that's like actually you know, instructive. Yeah. So yeah. I will say, I think the most unbelievable part of this movie is like Kelly who being like a frumpy doormat. Yeah. <laughs> As someone who knows Kelly who like personally, I'm like, there's, you can put in all the like baggy sweaters you want. There is no world where Kelly who is a frumpy doormat. I have, you know, I've been to events with her. I've taken like, pr- like red carpet photos with her and she's literally twice my age. And I look at those pictures and I'm always like, I'm a fucking gremlin. I'm a troll. Like, <laughs> why do I have to st- Why did I have to stand next to her? Like in group photos? Like, why did you make me stand next to her? Like, Oh my God. <laughs> and this they- was like pre COVID. I don't even want to think about it now. <laughs> Speaking of um, Kelly, who's frumpy wardrobe, what did you think of Sylvia's, um, I guess, millennial wardrobe? Oh, I mean, the one thing I have to say 
that I very much appreciated was that she kept wearing the same clothes over and over again. Um, like that bright yellow sweater. We saw it in many different scenes. So at least it showed that even though her parents had a lot of money and were financing her, uh, she still was just like, you know, any other millennial and maybe didn't have like 20 different like costume changes in one day. So (laughs) I didn't enjoy that. We had um, a Asian American professional culture editor portrayed on on screen. I know. Did you feel represented, Han, as a yes. lifestyle writer? The, yeah. In in some ways, like the conversation, I was like, the stolen ideas have happened. Um, not necessarily by a man, sometimes, sort of. Um, there have definitely been conversations where I'm just like, did you seriously pitch a story that should be written by a nation woman? Um, th- there have definitely been those things. Uh, there have been conversations where I discuss something and then someone has written the story and beat me to it, hmm. which was not great. Um, and so I was like the idea of like having to compete with your own coworkers is very true if you don't have trustworthy coworkers. And um, it's one of the reasons why I like where I'm working right now is because I, I, I like and respect all the people I work with and there's none of that business going on. Uh, the, the, I found the like count on the stories very funny. <laughs> yes. Some of the graphics, some of the things, the, the, the things that were the most hilarious to me in, in this very series was any, everything around the uh, media stuff. So the fact that they're like, you're a content creator. And I was just like, LOL. I was like, view count 30. I was like, yes, because all articles have the view count that large and highlighted yeah. on At your the, screen. Right. The, it was a very yeah. like 2000s rom-com setup. Yeah. Right? Like it, it's it's clearly not informed by actual reality. So um, I, it's, and, it's and, fine. And, yeah. I did have to also laugh at the whole like boat thing like as if her life wasn't traumatizing yes. enough you had to like off her parents via a boat accident and yes. she has to have a fear of water it was a like, lot um, it was a lot i was like there we go there we go um they had to contextualize the um eerie tension music every time she stares at a you, glass of water you already yes. like put this poor woman through like foster care and teen pregnancy and being abandoned by her baby daddy and you know live, having a shitty partner and having cancer and then you throw in a boat accident yeah boat accident and fear of water yeah i i have to say i kind of tuned out on that like whenever <laughs> i saw the boat i was like uh, uh it's okay i get it i get the idea yeah. she's yeah. traumatized by the water how is this gonna play into everything later i don't really know yeah. but i mean we did get that very nice kind of scenic boat scene at the end though mm-hmm. that was nice yeah, yeah. very touching Although it was, it was spoiled in the you know the movie poster, so I knew that sure. was coming that they were going to get in the boat together. But yeah. you know, they look way too happy in the <laughs> poster, though, like not traumatized. So that was like kind of like oh, like the boat is not a good place. It's it's a traumatic place. <laughs> yeah, and then, you know what? Like go with the very obvious metaphor of you know I just I need to get back in the water. Uh, so <laughs> she did it. Yeah, very proud. Um, <laughs> spoiler. I'd then, be um, I'd be remiss yeah. to not talk about the I guess the the part that sticks out especially to us, which is this is like a lifetime film, but lifetime film starring Asian Americans, right? And you gotta have it. You gotta have the <laughs> now prerequisite making dumpling scene. Yeah, I feel like so. I mean, this film obviously isn't a capital like a, a Asian American film, right? Where it's not about identity or not about immigration or not about you know like parents. Oh, while this is about parents, it's not about like parental expectations. 
and those like kind of common tropes, but no, you there got is, the dumplings. Man. Yeah, you got a dumpling scene there. And it, I mean, I was glad they fit that in. <laughs> it may be cliche, but I was just like, okay, you know, I, I see what you're doing here because it's not something that she learned from her own parents, um, her adoptive parents, that is. So, oh my God, can we talk about shitty adoptive mom? And like yeah, her, so Shannon Doherty like, is like Shannon the. Doherty for, yeah. Would this be considered stunt casting or is she just like a lifetime person that is. Uh, she has breast cancer. Okay. And um, so she's definitely one of the main producers, but also like uh, is in the sort of like the after show thing where you can watch about it. And so she actually had a mastectomy. She uh, went through remission and it's back apparently. So oh. for her to make this is kind of like a big deal. I, I, I mean, she's she, it's kind of been like great about how she's been outspoken and been doing this and like putting herself in the front and also playing this character. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you get Shannon Doherty, you get a Shannon Doherty character, right? <laughs> Yeah, it's great. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, she did a very good job being kind of like the kind of let's say insecure dramatic mother. <laughs> yes, um, uh, but I would just like that scene where she loses her shit because she sees, you know, so uh, she sees Brenda, Brenda in their house. I'm like, girl, you must have known this day was gonna come. Like, that's very so. Like, don't they walk you through like the whole or like I would hope they walk you through like you know you have to like let your it's their life and their relationships like you can't be like the one um stirring drama because they want their birth parent in their life or a relationship with their birth parent also like, i'm pretty sure she she must have known that they are they live in the same city as the birth mom right yeah I was well like, okay you had a closed adoption i don't know if they even do that anymore um yeah, yeah. I, I i don't know i, I i'm i'm looking forward to i know netflix has the movie found that uh, is about three adoptees who um, go back to China and it's a documentary. So I, I will, be, maybe I'll look at that situation and see how it is, but it is also white family um, adopt, adoptive parents. So um, mm. yeah, I mean, it, like, like we said, this is a lot. It's a <laughs> lot. To it's, stuff it's into a, one movie. It's really like a 90 minute lifetime movie. It's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. Um, so I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm glad in some ways that they showed her to be like that because, um, you can't go deep into the storylines, but you know, to show that it's not perfect, yeah. uh, at least a little bit was good. But then also like they, they, they also just never made an issue of it being like, no, they're yeah. her parents, you know? Yeah. I mean the whole the whole conflict gets resolved super quickly and cleanly and it's not it's not like the film isn't about that like the film is about right the mother and daughter and how they like how talia gives brenda like a reason to live I, right i i also have to say lifetime and hallmark and all of them they portray journalists horribly <laughs> <laughs> what do they have against journalists they, all of them do really morally and ethically wrong things <laughs> And uh, in particular, and speaking of, we should go back to Ted Lasso at some point, talk about that. But um, uh, so the thing that she does here that is reprehensible is that she decides because her ex-boyfriend, who was her co-worker, stole her idea and made like 30,000 hits with it, um, <laughs> that she needs a really big story. And so she decides that... She, the personal story that he can't steal because you know it's about her mom and breast cancer and all this other stuff so she's like we're gonna make it a bucket list of all the things that she didn't get to do because her you know her mother also just she's she's 
pretty sad. Like she hasn't had the life that she envisioned. And so that's where the the list of a lifetime comes up. Uh, so it's a bucket list of things that she can do with her mom, like TPing a house. Um, and uh, But the thing is, she doesn't tell her mom that she's writing about it. And I'm just like, come on. <laughs> like, seriously. You gotta have like, that All you have to do is just ask. I'm sure she would have been like, sure. Yeah. Or, or even just like uncertain at first but she could be swayed it's like you know it's like well spend more time with my daughter sure okay fine (laughs) but yeah i mean like i said it's it's you know (laughs) it's it's a lot of different genres matching like that's like that's like a pretty classic rom-com setup and you know that she was going to drop at some point again not a rom-com because it's not it's not but every now and then like when we first see the offices of uh the publication it feels like a rom-com yeah i mean I guess it could be a rom com between mother and daughter, but I don't sure. think that. Not quite. I mean, all all relationship movies are they're just rom coms are just relationship movies, and every relationship movie has the same exact format, right? It's just mm-hmm. the dressing around it. So yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah, it's it's yeah. gonna follow the same similar beats. And um, that but, you know third act breakup scene, you yeah. know, and reconciliation. Yeah, mm-hmm. just saying. Mm-hmm. Grand Lifetime gesture. Does know what they're doing, and Roxy mm-hmm. definitely directed the. The shit out of that. It, it hits yeah, all the she beats. Did. <laughs> all right. So, in closing, what do we think? Is List of a Lifetime good pop? Uh, yeah. As we mentioned, using the word fun or enjoyable is very difficult to say, but I did think it was very worthwhile to watch. And, you know, if you can watch it with someone you love also, I think it um, allows you to have conversations that normally you wouldn't have. Uh, so, like, if you don't have a podcast to talk to your friends with about it then yeah i would say try to watch it or have someone else watch it too i think it's very important yeah i think it's you know it's pretty deep for a lifetime movie i'm hoping it's gonna reach people that they you know maybe there's someone who doesn't know like there are asian americans in this country who knows (laughs) um and i do think the fact that we're able to just this movie has able to sustain conversations about adoption, cancer, transracial adoption, um, and and boating accidents is um yeah it's a good time I I say pro <laughs> pro let's deepen the lifetime pool yeah I mean it was my first lifetime movie and I found myself enjoying it so I guess that's a plus um maybe I'll watch more of these as they come along I do want to say if, if you know if lifetime uh, from what I've heard, is better at casting people of color in their films, which is great. Yeah, we should get you to watch um, an Asian uh, holiday film. <laughs> we should do all the Asian holiday films yeah. through December. We should make Marvin watch all three um, Princess Switches. Yes, because Vanessa Hudgens. Yeah, right. And then Vanessa we'll Hudgens him- and Vanessa Hudgens. <laughs> Vanessa Hudgens and Vanessa Hudgens, and then Vanessa Hudgens, Vanessa Hudgens, and Vanessa Hudgens. Wait. Um. There's like three of them. There's Marvin. three of them. There's three of them. <laughs> there's, at first, there's two, but then the sequel has Wait, three. And they discover the third one in part two. Yes, and then yes. And, and then part three still only has three of them, from what I can. And then know. and then you know uh, we have some other fun things. So we should make Marvin watch all of them. We should make him watch Christmas Prince too, even though there's no Asians because he has to see the the, the well, acorn constitution that's in the acorn. Yeah, there's well, I mean, I, I'm, I still I don't know, believe you. I know Lifetime has an Asian film this holiday season we watched a couple last year also <laughs> yeah so there's probably a new one to be had yes. and hallmark actually has the first asian one this year as well oh asian asian one yeah 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 because i think uh i saw a brown 
brown person. Raymond A. Black oh. is in is the romantic lead. They, in that. they oh. I I noticed Hallmark is trying a little bit to do some interracial dating too because at first it was all segregated. Um, <laughs> so so like they're trying. Um, their gay characters are usually still secondary characters, but we'll see what this year brings. Um, Hallmark just drags its feet a little bit. Uh, uh, longer than lifetime does so yeah we'll see how they do i will say though like if they're gonna you know if they're going on this new path i do want to see more storylines touch on the you know people of color experience more than just like a dumpling scene yeah 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 i i think what did the one lifetime holiday one have last time she she actually made she was a baker so it wasn't just dumplings but I think they did have an Asian food scene somewhere. Because <laughs> yeah. they have to. Um, huh. Oh, and Keanu Reeves was on the uh, on her grandma's uh, dresser. I mean, <laughs> a picture of not Keanu himself. I do not. Right I now. do not blame her. <laughs> oh, all right. I guess we have our December plans filled yeah. out. Yeah, <laughs> I, I am going to get the schedule together, and we will make a plan. <laughs> Yes, right. I'm so down. I'm so ready. <laughs> and then you guys can watch my recreation of all of them when I go to. I'm so like, excited. Are you going to England at all? No, England has uh, testing in England is very expensive. Mm. Like, like, and you have to get two. Oh, the plan right now is like Vienna mm. and some other places in Austria. Maybe if I have time, like a little bit, a little sample as a treat of Bavaria, mm. Germany, which is oh, like man. where where you think like. <laughs> classic gingerbread and shit like that is where it's from i'm very envious you should just come go on third wheel <laughs> i mean or just me take look. my itinerary <laughs> <laughs> i, I kind of wish i could uh yeah we'll, we'll talk <laughs> looking forward to that holiday recap um looking forward to that trip recap but i want to see all the photos like <laughs> it's just gonna be instagram yeah well, I guess that'll do it for a discussion of List of a Lifetime playing out on Lifetime. You can watch it now um, free of charge with ads or you can, you know, subscribe to their app that they keep trying to pitch me during their commercial breaks. <laughs> um, yeah, it's an enjoyable film that, you know, it's a good, it's a good way to just, you know, um, spend uh, an hour and a half of your time this weekend. But with that, Jess Han, if people want to find out more of your thoughts, where can they go? My trash takes are on Twitter at Just You Tweets. And I am at Anonymous. You can find me at Marvin. You can find our show at Good Pop Club. We are a proud member of the Potluck Podcast Collective. Check out our other fellow Asian American hosted podcasts by going to the website podcastpotluck.com. We'll be back next week for our monthly news roundup. Do we want this? But until then, thanks for listening and we'll see you all next time. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. I'm Phil Yu, and I'm the host of All the Asians on Star Trek, the podcast in which I interview all the Asians on Star Trek. I'm talking to actors, writers, directors, stunt people, background extras. You know, all the Asians on Star Trek. Find out more at alltheasiansonstartrek.com. Part of the Potluck Podcast Collective. Live long and prosper.